This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart. And as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback. And I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Hey, Queeros, Cami here. Today on the show, Sabrina Wu, an amazing comedian, actor. They had a lead role in the recent film Joyride, which honestly I loved and couldn't recommend more. Hey, speaking of things I'd recommend, how about supporting this show? Do you want to? Okay, do it. All you got to do is go to patreon.com slash heyqueeros. You can be somebody who uh, supports something you love. And Sabrina is amazing. Please also check out Joyride. I always have guests introduce themselves. Would you introduce yourself? Totally. Hi, I'm Sabrina Wu. I'm um, I'm a New York-based um, uh, stand-up comic, and I write for TV, and I've also acted in, um, for, for movies and TV. Yeah, and so you and I know each other through stand-up. Um, I feel like I got to see you for the first time. So we were in Michigan, Can and can you talk a little bit about, like, where were you in your life when I first met you? What oh, was it was so on? long. I don't even remember. It was 2018 and I was <laughs> like specifically a junior in college and I had long hair and I was like, this is the most important moment of my life. <laughs> it's opening for Karen Esposito <laughs> in, in Michigan. Um, yeah. yeah, I was like in school in Boston, but some, but I had done stand up in Michigan. So some, someone like Facebook messaged me being like, do you want to submit like a tape to to open for for Cameron at the Blind Pig and and I did and then and I didn't really realize it was highly unusual to like fly yourself out to just go open for someone but um but I was passionate and I was excited and I did think it would make or break my career <laughs> well here's the thing I've actually done it myself and it was for it was a similar well I don't know if it like I did that when for Tig one time I flew myself to. You just for the right comic you'll do it obviously yeah yeah, yeah. and I That's think so cool. also I don't know that I realized at the time, um, the sort of like I don't know that I like that it like fully cemented for me. Uh, I knew you had like come in for the show, but I don't think I like fully got that process. Although I do watch the tapes of everybody who. Like, I want to know who's opening. So I did watch your tape. And then when I met you, I was impressed. I thought you were awesome. I thought your, like, vibe was cool and your material was cool. And um, That's so sweet. Yeah. And I was, like, so, you know, um, I guess it really feels important to me to introduce audiences to, especially if there's somebody local. And I know you weren't actually local, but especially if there's somebody local that I feel like my audience would like. I just feel like it's nice, like a baton pass to be like, here's somebody who will stay here. Yeah. You know, like I'm just here for the night, but like, if you're curious about where you could go, feel comfy, enjoy some jokes, like here's a person, just follow now, now follow this person and go, and go to like the local shows where they perform at. So I know that wasn't exactly the vibe for you. It totally wasn't, but it wasn't, it wasn't not now. I was like, yeah. I definitely performed in Michigan, like pretty regularly anytime I was home, but, but I hear you. 
So and you're like still a, okay. Keep hanging. No, no. I was just gonna be like, and you know what? I was I was the right person. People, there were a lot of queers, and I do think they followed me. There were so many that like messaged me after and still messaged me, and that's amazing. It was really funny. I think my parents came to that show like two extremely straight old yes. Asians. Yeah, but they had a good time. That's great. And you know, okay. I mean, you're still a pretty young guy. You're pretty, you're pretty, uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, it's like my greatest fear is that I'm both like kind of technically young and gay. And I'm so scared. I read like 16. I'm always like, I'm always so scared. I'm going to read like a TikToker. Does that make any sense to you? Do you know what I mean? Like Hollywood is very like, I mean, especially with writing. It's like, oh, you're gay. You're like 10, right? Like you can write for the 12 year olds. Right. And I'm like, yep. Totally. Like, slay well, mama. Like, Riz King. I, I, uh, I am looking at possibly getting a new car. And the reason I'm saying this is because I'm going to test drive cars at dealerships. And this is the kind of thing where this will come up for me. Because it's like, I am a 41-year-old adult person. Right now I'm wearing a crop top. <laughs> it has popcorn on it that says fuck Nazis. Like, so my point is, I don't totally know how to scale uh, myself age wise in, yes. in some settings, right? Like to show up and be like, can I, will you trust me to test drive this car? I am wearing a shirt that says fuck Nazis, you know? So I will actually change my shirt, but it, just in terms of like overall gender presentation, I think there is some age confusion that I still experience as like I think a full it is a adult. Thing. Full and adult. <laughs> that's really cool to hear, actually. I'm like, I well, I mean, it's also like, oh, okay, it doesn't get better with age. That's awesome. But you know what does though is like comfort around like I'll make some choices. Uh like I knew I'm actually leaving straight from this to go do some to go do some of that. And I put my rings on. I have like a couple rings that have like real stones in them and what the reason i'm saying that is because <laughs> i do want to indicate in some ways that like i deserve to be here and like that's i'm not indicating that for anybody else at that point i'm just i'm like indicating it to myself like just like yeah you're a grown-up you're a grown-up boy Look at these wait, rings. Wait, rings? Do children have cool rings? They do, no. Cameron. They do. I was gonna, they actually do. I'm I'm um I'm interested. You think rings represent like maturity and growth? It's not giving. Maybe I, and I'm not here I to attack your myself. fashion. To be clear, I'm here to talk about culture. Yeah, so if I I'm, think maybe, if it's hitting too close to yeah. home, let me know. No, baby, let's come on. Let's get into it. This is really <laughs> this is the stuff right here. I'm um, curious if part of the age confusion is coming from like. Like, I, and I have a problem where sometimes I'll, like, whenever I get into self-hatred mode, I'm like, why don't, like, why don't queer people dress themselves better? And, like, like we're all, we're all just, like, you know, like, all of a sudden, like, the way I'll be like, oh, I wore just so, it was like the Hannah Hart, like, era of, like, this, do you know what I'm talking oh about? Where, where it's like the button up, and now, now we've moved away from that. Oh, my God. And now God. it's like, now it's like, we, we are, I do think as a community, like, watching what the cool people on TikTok are wearing, like, like the the tea boy yeah. like num anyways i think they're yeah. guiding but i wonder if some of the age confusion is happening because like in general i'm being so reductive like the fashion trends are following whatever person on social media 
is driving it. And so like, and that person is often not older than 30 at the time. And, and it makes us all so confused. And right now, like I am wearing like, like all my friends are wearing tons of rings because all of the like, call like the young. You're right. You're right. It's a different, I I understand what you're saying. Okay. So I want to go back to something you just said. First of all, I just saw you. I thought you looked cool. I, I, I tried so I hard. I, d- yeah. I did some press and I was styled mm-hmm. and it forever changed my life. I was like, oh, I'm never wearing like, I'm never wearing women's clothing again. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, so I think part of this is that for folks who, um, I think a lot of folks grow up and then they have some sort of attire that is dictated by their profession. A lot of folks, not everybody. Or they have a tire that indicates where they are in life um, based on like a prescribed zone. I'm thinking about like a stay-at-home mom who's like dressing to go work out after she drops her kids off at school. Like it's like Mm -hmm, there's mm -hmm. a lot of there's like a there's like a place there's a way to place one's self by clothing in the like read what I am. But I think for queer net, for queer folks, it's like, I don't have kids. I'm not going to drop them off. I, <laughs> I also don't even have a job that requires any, like anything besides like looking cool. <laughs> so it really is like the, it's like the wild west out here. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm reaching for TikTok, but like, I don't know, man, you know? So it's, I think that's also part of it is just like, um, looking is existing within a subculture right no you're so right that is like a much more comprehensive way of looking at it (laughs) wait so i want to go back to um so this is cool you've had some success in uh film recently and i'm so proud of you i want to see you on a big screen and i'm just curious about uh your experience because you're talking about being aware of how you look, you know, you're talking about being aware of how you're styled. And for me, transitioning to like being on camera, being on screen, was really hard for me, actually. Um, I had like a lot of self-consciousness and shame come up that I've then also gotten to work through. So like, thank you to the universe for that gift. But I'm just curious about like seeing yourself and, you know, choosing to, um, you don't have a shaved, like a buzzed, what is this called? Oh, what I do have a buzz. I, I fully have a yeah, buzz. A buzz. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Like, uh, it, just making those choices and then seeing them reflected back to you. What's that experience been like? It, I definitely like, it was really, I always, sorry. I have a really hard time of like taking my own emotions seriously. I'm like, Oh, it wasn't, I mean, it's like, Oh, it's my hair, but for sure. It was like so painful at first because And when I was first being like asked to be on camera for work and stuff, I had only, I mean, I was 23. It was like lockdown where a lot of people started, you know, realizing things about their gender. But I was like, essentially like, I was only like really vaguely out to like my partner and my roommate and my closest like friends from lockdown that I might be like gender non-conforming and or trans. And then to suddenly be on like a set where, you know, so many strangers were like ident- like just clocking me in ways that like you know I was just being read by a million people I'd never met before and in and 
and in ways that were like pretty dysphoric and then to then also be recorded it just made me I felt really really small and scared and bad and I just had to compartmentalize for a while and it also makes it really hard for me to watch myself on screen but it is a gift where I was like it's a gift where I'm like you know what like I wonder if I would have like I'm so slow moving when it comes to making changes for myself that I think might I know I am young, but like, you know, I, I don't feel like, I feel like I'm someone that like really gets stuck in analysis paralysis where I'm just like, am I, should I, I'm crazy, but just having my face blown up on a big screen with like eyeliner and the wrong hair and the wrong clothes, I was like, I mean, well, there's no denying that something is wrong here and like, um, and so, it, you know, it did lead to the buzz cut. Like, it, it slowed me down in some ways because I'm so self-conscious about making changes because I know it will be, like, some some way somehow put on a screen and, like, be available to the public. But it's also, like, confirmed for me on, like, an internal level. Like, something does have to change. Does that make sense? That's where I'm at. It's just sort of, like, this, of like, really weird experience that I'm always sort of processing. And I can't ever say it's, like, good or bad. But it is what it is. I hear you. I mean... Um, I guess I'll say for myself, like the shifting, how do I want to say this? I am growing my hair out right now. Oh, cool. (laughs) Top knot. Um, (laughs) And uh, I'm growing my hair out and I am just curious about that uh, because like literally for some of the same reasons, I, um, I like completed a role on a show and like after that I like almost felt like um the way I looked was her and like that person is over now and I wanted to look a new way and part of why I wanted to look a new way is because I had this whole experience of like leaning into masculinity on television like on screen and sort of getting affirmed for that um even one day working i pretty recently i um had to wear like a sweatshirt that was a women's sweatshirt it was like cut the wrong way and i do wear some women's tops so but they're like t-shirts or tank tops and that's just because i think they make me look like i have flexed out arms (laughs) (laughs) um That's an amazing trade-off, dysphoria versus being, like, ripped. It's sort of... Like, it's weird, because actually that, like, I feel more like a... It's like sometimes... uh, It depends on how I want my bod to look on that particular day. But I always think I look like James Dean in that women's shirt. So, like, whatever it is, that's... I'm still bringing that... I'm here to affirm you that that is true. As I picture it in my mind's eye, (laughs) for sure. I actually can only see James Dean. I don't even know where Cameron is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I had to, there was like a women's sweatshirt. I literally had like a melt, like a panic attack, like a meltdown. Yeah, um, they had to like hold for me for a minute. Um, so I'm just saying that. But in having some of that affirmed, having some of my like presentation stuff affirmed on such a high, I don't know. Just I almost felt like I was like, wait, what if I also explored my femininity in the way that like Harry Styles is right now, you know, like that felt really interesting to me. 
and I've worn a couple dresses. Life is wild. And how does, is, wait, how does it feel? Like, what's it feel wild. like? Um, well, I, I've been like doing some weight training. So I have like a different amount of like, my body looks a little different. I'm like a little muscular. And so for me, when I wear a dress, it doesn't look like, um, like the horrors that I was walking through in high school. Like it doesn't, it feels like it doesn't, it feels like to me, it's like, um, some sort of new thing. And yeah. You feel like I, Harry Styles yeah. or like, and I'm like really into yeah. it actually. That's awesome. Like, yeah. It's been really nice. It's been cool to be like, oh, it's even this is available to me, but depending on like how I want to be in there. So. Have you, have you ever thought about like, or sorry, my brain is like jumping a million places. If that's Come cool on, with let's you. Go. It reminds me of like, um, just the conversation around how like, oh, if you go on testosterone, you might like be suddenly interested in men. And like a lot of people talk about it, like the testosterone, it's like a purely hormonal thing. But I also wonder if it's like, just on like a, as you're un- like, as you feel like your identity, like as like a masculine person is more solidified, like you're less sensitive yeah. to like a man perceiving you. Like you just couldn't date men because like, you know, they, they would project this straight lens onto you. So yeah. I don't, and I wonder if it's like very similar to you with like, dresses where it's like I feel really solidified in who I am now like my body is like how I want it to be so when I wear this dress I'm more and I'm sorry if I'm saying the obvious to be fair no I think this is like really really to me this is really interesting and I also have so I'm working on this thing right now where I'm realizing like as I am operating less from my like wounds and fear around gender stuff um and with some more freedom through like a lot of different work that I'm doing, I'm realizing that I have often like partnered with, I've partnered with people that I thought could like, I didn't know I was doing this, could like carry some sort of a gender expression so that I could almost be in relief to that gender expression. So like when I dated men, hyper-masculine men, um, and then, I didn't have to worry so much about my masculinity. Um, Interesting. Or when I've dated women, um, women that I perceived to be more feminine than me so that it was clear what role I had. And I'm just realizing like, I don't want to operate like that anymore. I'd like to give myself the thing that I want as opposed to like looking for other people to help me with that expression. Um, And so... Yeah, I'm like, oh, I like muscles on dudes. I'm like, but I have a body. <laughs> or I'm like, I like when like there's a little something feminine about somebody. And I'm like, but I have hair. You know, like so I'm I'm really exploring this interesting thing around like being the partner that I'm looking for to sort of put less pressure on others. Does the word like fluidity resonate with you? Like do you feel Oh yeah, like, for sure. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I identify as like as gender fluid. It's so interesting. Thank you again. Thank you, children on TikTok. You are the <laughs> best. Thank you, thank you, children of TikTok. I know more than I know so much about myself every day now. I wonder if I'm on the autism spectrum. Thanks to you. <laughs> yeah, baby. they so... love to comment. Tell me you're autistic without telling you're autistic on my stand-up videos. A thousand likes. I'm like, okay, I will go get tested. <laughs> thank wow, you for really. That. Um, yeah, it comes up a lot, actually. 
What do you think of, how do you feel about that? I feel like, uh, oh, I actually really appreciate it. Like, I think there is a really strong chance that I probably, if I were to get neuropsych testing, like probably wouldn't qualify for a proper autistic like diagnosis. But, um, even just recognizing that I probably definitely have autistic traits has been really helpful. Like, like for things like press or like, you know, like we have like a very highly social career and I just used to beat myself up all the time for just like not acting the way other people act or like seeming to have like different needs or like being more emotional about like, uh, like if I have to do like a long press day, like everyone hates it. It's famously terrible, but I like might need to go cry like three hours in and it's not cause I'm doing bad. It's just cause I'm like holding, you know, it's just like the idea of like masking for that long really does make me like upset. Um, so, and what are you, can you talk, can you, uh, cause I feel like there might be some people who don't know what you mean by masking. Can you like, just tell me a little bit more about what you might mean by that? Oh, totally. A late, okay. This is my person who's Googled autism every other yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I, I don't even, yeah, I don't necessarily, you're not a, doctor, I'm not a psychologist. What do you mean when you're saying that? When I say mask, I mean, okay. Typically masking refers to like hiding quote unquote autistic traits to seem neurotypical in like a conference to just seem not autistic and like ways that can manifest is like, like really intentionally trying to like express like with your face and your voice and like make eye contact and like, uh, don't stim. Like if you're someone who like, for example, I'm someone who really loves to like feel my hair all the time, like to try to not do that on camera. Um, yeah, and um, I'm someone who's like a very flat affect, so I will like, I don't know. It's also complicated because like trans stuff, you know. But like all of a sudden, I'm just like all day, just like, oh my god, hi, and it's so great to meet you. Yes, Miami is so hot. I agree. <laughs> like it's just like having to operate from that like level of emotion is not um, normal or sustainable for me, and I consider that masking, you know. Yeah. Um, or like, oh, like not doing that thing where you talk about only the thing that you want to talk about or, you know, just, just, just trying to subdue and seem normal is I guess what people consider masking N- normal really... air quotes. Yeah. 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 I, this is, that's, I mean, it's, thank you for telling me that. And I do relate actually, um, the last couple of years, I was wondering if I was on the spectrum because I noticed a bunch of stuff that was going on. And, um, talked to my therapist about it. It was like, you know, testing is, it's extremely expensive and oftentimes yeah. there's also a long wait. Thank you. The United States for making <laughs> this like so difficult. And, um, but I, I got on like a wait list and then I got a job out of town that made it more difficult to do this, but it's been interesting because I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And there are, it's like, I was right that there were some, and I'm not saying, I, I have no idea what's going on with you, but I just mean. Uh, <laughs> no, diagnose me. I would love <laughs> <laughs> But the only reason I bring this up is because it, like, it was interesting. Like, I was right. Like, it is, I did have an extremely um, heightened, like, uh, auditory sensitivity. I've always had that in my life. And that's something that can be an autistic trait, but it also is a trait of bipolar disorder, like just overwhelm. Um, and so it, it's like, I what I did notice something was going on, um, but I just didn't know what it is. And, you know, it'd be so nice if there was a, 
ease with which to drop in and ask some questions about what might be going on, get some help, but it's extremely challenging. It's so, so hard. I had the same problem where I like got on a wait list and then I was like, oh, I'm out of town. I can't do this. Sorry. I didn't know what my life was going to be like nine months in advance. Um, yeah. But I also, just what you said, like reminded me that like, I, I do wonder like our if our world would just be so much better if we like all got some like neuropsych testing because like, it's not like only good for getting an like an autism diagnosis. It's like, I think it like breaks down the ways in which you're like, brain might be like if you have some auditory processing issues or like I think I have some like verbal process like I don't know if you can tell like I have a very hard time finishing sentences or like sometimes finding the right word like there are all these things that like people end up you know like lay people will be like do I have ADHD do I have autism and like sometimes it's like not even that helpful to know if you like call just just knowing exactly what's going on with your brain could be so insanely helpful and it helps. I don't know. There's so many people who get like a PTSD diagnosis when actually they are just like autistic or like vice versa. Yeah. So weird though. I don't know. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Will, I want to ask you how you think this affects you in your job. Um, so we talked a little bit about press, but like, what about stand-up? How do you find this affects you in stand-up? You're talking about verbal processing. We have a talking job. How does that... <laughs> How does that affect you in stand-up? Okay, hear me out. I sometimes think the way I talk makes me seem so quirky and fun. And everyone's like, wow, you have such a strong voice. And I'm like, totally, totally. Yeah. The biggest way I see it influencing my career is like, I, I'm like, I was deathly afraid of press and podcasts. If you asked me to do this a year ago, I would have said, no, give me like a decade. Um, <laughs> but I... I Honestly, I just started like taking Lexapro and just having like my anxiety reduced helped a lot. Um, and I don't know. And then I did the gamut of press. So now I'm like, I just am like, yeah, okay, this is how I talk. And no one seems to care too, too much. Um, is it bothering you the way that I talk? It is embarrassing when people comment no. about how much I say like. I'm like, I can't. I don't even, I don't mean to. It just like if I get stressed, it, you know, also, whatever, whatever. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Um, it's okay if you care, but I honestly haven't even, I haven't clocked you saying like, I'm, to me, I feel that we're. Okay, cool. I do too. I'm communicating quite effectively. Thanks. I mean, we're mostly talking about identity and then autism. And those are two things that I love to talk about. So (laughs) I have a lot to say. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Sorry. Was that clear? (laughs) It is. I want to ask you, I want to like, I want to, I do want to like veer into a slightly different course that this is making me think of, which is that, uh, 
I can think of a few comics who carry um, both like a masculine mask, trans mask, or just masculine lesbian identity, and also are Asian. I can think of our friend Irene too. I can think of our friend Just Tom. Uh, but like that is a, it is not a new identity to exist, but it is a new identity. <laughs> I invented it. <laughs> yeah, you invented it and the three of you invented it. And honestly, thank you for doing that. Um, but it is certainly like a new identity to be like named, uh, put on screen, like talked about in press. And you're one of a few people who are like proceeding forward with this identity in like a public space. I'm just curious about that convo, like the racial dynamics of also being an out trans mass person in public space and the public eye. Yeah. Um, you can also tell me to fuck off. No, no. That's I mean, a- I honestly was just curious if you had like a specific question, because otherwise I'm just like, I will just get so sad. I'll be like, yeah, it's fine. I guess honestly how I feel is like, um, I'm, I'm, I can be just so negative. I mean, I, but I think I just was young. I, I, I perceive myself as a little bit like young, you know, I just am younger than Jess and Irene and like, um, yeah. And like being in a movie was just bigger than just like a bigger project than I really anticipated having to do at this age. But um, just the one thing I felt was like uh, a thing that I think a lot of people who are like queer and POC was just like, I felt like I was holding my breath because, you know, there were spaces that were meant to be. I just think sometimes it is really hard for people to hold the idea that you can of intersectionality, you know, and like you feel that we're like because like some of the projects I've been in are so Asian focused, it felt like the conversation around queerness and especially gender queerness would be like somehow lost. Like, I think I was just feeling perceived as a woman a lot in my career more than I wanted to in certain projects. Like, you know, that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I always have to like, you know, and, and that's just like a, a thing I will joke about with my friends where I'm like, oh, great. Like, do I want to be around gay people or Asian people more? So do you feel people- like that, like when people are asking you, they're like, tell me about being Asian, just the concept of being Asian. <laughs> and like, there was not an acknowledgement of who you are as a person at all. Like, is that what was happening? No, no. If anything, people were obsessed with both aspects if I was getting, it was like, it was mostly Asian stuff. And then at some point after, after I was done being grilled about being Asian, then it was like, Hey, you're like trans too, right? Like what's up with that? I was, and some of like my friends who were Asian actors will be like, I was so tired. They asked so many questions about being Asian. I'm like, imagine that being only 50% of what happens to you. And then the other 50% is about like, it just, yeah. Um, what no, you what, I, what I meant about? was like, sometimes I'd be in like these Asian spaces and it, it would just become uh, like, wow, it's so awesome. You Asian ladies are like, just like, because they're just <laughs> so like, I mean, that's like something that happens, I think, around like feminism. Like you see it a lot with like feminism and you see that with turpiness where like suddenly like feminism, which I think is supposed to be about like creating a more just society. Like you'll see like, when it's not intersectional, it ends up being like cis white women trying to just advance themselves, like to play victim and like losing sight of the fact that we're actually just trying to build a better society for everyone based on like fairness. And I just think that can happen with like any sort of like, 
affinity group or whatever where it's like suddenly like people lose track of it you know it's like a space to complain a space to vent and it becomes a space where it's like there's no room for it just becomes really like self-centered and like I think that just happens with any sort of space around like any aspect of identity where it's like when it becomes super Asian focused like I think that the literacy and the awareness and the tenderness around other aspects of identity that can also be folded into like a person go out the fucking window you know like yeah I don't know that's like I'm sorry if I'm being so judgy but that's that's like I've tried to articulate why sometimes I get so annoyed in Asian spaces and especially Asian Hollywood spaces it's like um sometimes I wish the spaces that I was asked to be in just thought more critically about justice you know like where we'll be like at an event and it's like there's a double strike going and we're honoring like execs at amazon i'm like can we just like have some solidarity with like other struggles like we're not you know that's i don't does that make sense it's just like it'd be so nice if just everything was built around like let's just create a better society for everyone and all marginalized people and we're coming from this angle of like asianness or like queerness but like let's not lose sight and just try to elevate ourselves or like sorry that i'm like this i have sometimes like Mm. so many thoughts and then i can't articulate them but yeah and they're all i was gonna ask you to apologize for baseline how you are you wanted me to apologize i can do that anytime any moment drop of a hat i'm so sorry i'm so sorry for the listeners i'm on my knees on a hardwood floor (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean that's that's very clear and it seems like both super hot and also super cold in the room that you're in like just in terms of like temperature you're also really um suffering there's like a lot of suffering at all it's like not just a wood floor but also a cold a cold wood floor in a Hot sauna. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) My heating, my electric bill is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot to maintain. It's a lot to maintain. So, I mean, no, that makes sense. Hey, like. That's, that's how I I, feel. (laughs) I mean, what I will say about that is like, obviously I am a straight up white person. But what I do... But one of the good ones, I might add. Would you say? One of the good ones, I might add. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You think I fly out for just anybody? No. (laughs) But I will say that, like, for sure... um, I can... I can understand, like... I mean, for me, I just... I feel complexity and, like, am I... You know, like fluidity is complicated. Wh- who, what team am I on? And then, like, yes. sometimes feeling like I could qualify as a woman, but then, like, I go and it's like everybody's going like, "Hey, goddesses," and I'm like, "Not that. I'm not. I'm certainly not. <laughs> Let's <laughs> absolutely not that." Um, <laughs> you know. So it's like, yeah, it's complicated. And then what you're so what you're saying makes sense to me, even though I like don't have the specifics for what you're talking about that thing and then add like marginalization in culture like th- this is a it's something i can understand but like on a greater scale because it also has massive implications that that like i don't experience but yeah some of this i do experience which is like choose your which is the great 
wheel that one has to spin around choose the identity that you are <laughs> that you are uh most carrying within this space um that's complicated and stupid it is complicated <laughs> and stupid and again i'm so sorry for going on and on and on and th you know but well this is the point of this show you know what i mean it's almost like you're doing exactly what i'm asking <laughs> okay fair enough yeah. The last, the positive thing I'll say about being a trans-mask Asian person and one of the few in the public eye is that I'm absolutely eating up all the daddy comments. All the comments being like, Sabrina, it seems oh. kind of daddy. And I'm like, you know what? That feels awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and also such a young father. Yes. I am so burdened with yeah. the yeah, yeah, care yeah. I mean, you're, here so many you young. are. Babies, babies taking care of babies. <laughs> babies having babies. <laughs> That's also... Okay, sorry, unrelated, but like, does that ever, did you ever feel that weirdness around like, I definitely get questions about like, or just get asked about like, oh, how do you feel like represent, like, you know, like that kids are gonna look up to you, you're like a role model. And I, I feel insane about that question because I'm like, okay, I wasn't even remotely a role model until, you, you know, that presumes that I ever felt that way or, um, and just the babies raising babies, I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going on TikTok to watch the kids so that they <laughs> tell me how to feel. If they're yeah. watching me, then like, who's flying the plane right now? Like, it's not like, yeah. But obviously, like, I mean, you were someone for me that I really looked up to and like were like a huge sort. Like, you really were like a role model. But I, you know, now that I am finding myself being asked questions and I don't necessarily think anyone actually looks to me this way because I'm actually a huge spout of negativity. But like, what, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, do you feel any type of way about like being perceived as like a, like a role model or a mentor, especially since you're now, I feel like you're just still obviously on your own journey, like all the time. Like there's so mm. many, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, thanks for asking. I think, um, yeah, it's odd because in some ways, I think maybe something that helped me have an earlier comfort with that, or like, I don't know if it was comfort, like that made me feel more pushed into that is that when I was first, like when I was your age, um, there was less ability to access like truly, I mean, this is fucking bananas, but it's like info that yeah. anybody like me had ever existed before because like what what is it supposed to do go to the library like those books those books don't exist i mean sort of they do now around like queer history or whatever um or like existence not even history like i'm just talking about like fun fun existence you know but like the internet um people weren't even, this is like a pre-Hannah Hart era. Like people weren't speaking in the eye. <laughs> like people were, there was like the L word existed. That's not people speaking in the eye. That's people acting, you know? So like, yeah. um, when I, the, I was older, how old was I? Probably like, I don't know, 30 when I first read Dykes to Watch Out For, which is like a compendium of comics that Alison Bechtel wrote. And I was like reading these comics and they're not from now. They weren't from when I was 30. And I was like, what? This is like the same, this is like my life and my community. And I was like 
looking at the date being like, but this is from the nineties, you know? And like, so I guess what I'm saying is when I got jobs, um, in the entertainment industry, I felt like I was already like, yes, I am the first, like, I didn't have information <laughs> about fortune Feimster. Like she hadn't gotten to Chicago. You know what I mean? Like I only knew about Tig cause she had like little roles in the Sarah Silverman program, which an ex of mine really loved. Like I didn't like info wasn't getting to me, you know? And so it wasn't like from a place of self-importance. I don't think, I think I was truly just like making it up. And I felt like, and that felt insane and terrible. And then I, and then people were like, you're a role model. And I was like, I guess what I'm saying is like my greatest role model was like me the day before, you know, like what I had done the day before. It was like yesterday I wore a vest. So I guess we wear vests. Like it was fucked up. It was not a nice way to be, you know? And I know that, I mean, I just like feel that's why I'm watching kids on TikTok. Cause I, cause for me, it still feels like community for me. It still feels like learning. Just like, didn't get that. I feel yeah. Like, Holy shit. I feel so grateful. That's so interesting. What do you think about that answer? I think it's just like that, the differences that we're feeling make more sense to me. I'm like, well, like you kind of were like, I really feel like just Tom's child. Like I really would not have realized I was like trans mask or like really let my brain, like, you know, I was thinking about taking them since I was a freshman in college, but I didn't years and years. And I wouldn't knowing just Tom existed, like open that door for my brain. And so I feel so uncomfortable being like, how could I possibly be a role model? Like I have so much to learn. There's so much information. I'm like, you should not get it from me. Like I'm, I'm so very much like a student, but like if you're living your life where you're like, you really are sort of like pioneering your path because of lack of information. Then I totally see how that, you know, that you were like, yeah, okay, I guess I am. And like, for sure, like you have to have that confidence, like, but I'm, you know, and And like, who else did people like, unless they were also going to go looking for that compendium or whatever, like, unless they were going to be like a deep cut comedy fan, like how else would they have really learned what you were? Yeah. Um, And it's, it's cool that I guess the internet and all all this stuff um, and YouTube and TikTok is, is making us all feel just more like we have a lot to learn from each other. Yeah. That's how I felt. It's so, it is so genuinely weird because I don't even think this was true just for me. Like the generation, the way things have changed with such rapidity. Like I have heard people tell me that like a web series I made for Buzzfeed before Buzz, when Buzzfeed was like, they were like eight employees and they're like, I wonder if this will work. Like I made a web series for them. And now people come up to me at shows, they'll be adults, you know, and they'll be like, I watched that when I was 13. And I was like, and I'm just like, oh, first of all, time has passed. And second of all, like I, I don't think I realized that that might've been something somebody was watching for the first time, but I just was like, I've never seen this. So I wonder if I should make it, you know, like, and, um, it's so I like, I think of Jess as like my kid in some ways. I don't know if Jess would be offended to hear that, but like, I have a lot of sweetness toward that person. And I do feel that there's like a, a masculinity, like, uh, lineage or whatever. We're like, (laughs) Even yeah. though there's, uh, you know, even though I am white and 
I do feel like the masculinity lineage lineage still involves. Of course, because you're one of the good ones, like I said. (laughs) And I'm the arbiter. (laughs) I'm I'm technically your grandkid then. I I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a really weird thing where I feel like a tremendous amount. Like, I think I said this to you and I don't, it's like, I don't mean it in a infantilizing way at all. But like, I think I said to you in New York, like I feel like just tremendously proud of you. Yeah. That's so sweet. Just thanks, Cameron. I mean, I feel like I said it to you then, but like, you know, especially when you do stand up, it's just so much like, uh, I'm going to go to this bar again. And I guess maybe a career will come out of this, but like it, it means a lot early on to have anyone who like does it that you admire, just like acknowledging you. It's like, it like bolsters your spirit for like years and years. And like, like you were definitely that for me. Like I had your album on my like dorm wall for so long just to be like oh yeah this is what I want to do for the rest of my life and it was so great to meet Cameron and and I think wow. I made you meet my rugby ex <laughs> like I just I whatever but what a fucking honor yeah yeah I mean like that but that's real is you know um yeah I'm rooting for you you know I care about you I'm rooting for you and I do feel that um it's also weird to like get to a little bit of an age where there's now multiple generations and I can like have had the opportunity to see people continue. Um, and it's, it's awesome, you know, like, and I, and now (laughs) I know that I wasn't the first one. Um, and like, that's cute too. (laughs) But like, uh, yeah. I love that stuff, to be honest. Being the first is overrated, and it probably sucks. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's important is that you were on BuzzFeed, and I also... That is a huge reach. Yeah. Uh, all right, darling. Well, like, I want to send you back into your day. Before I do that, I want to ask you to shout out a queero. We've sort of done this in the like end of the show, but like, I always ask everybody to. It's like a person, place, or thing that made you feel you could be who you are today. Um, would you like to shout out a queero? Just anyone. Yeah, anyone could be place. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to shout out on it. Unfortunately, she passed away a few years ago, but like my Spanish teacher, Senora Ortiz, a true like queerdo, like, um, (laughs) who would single out some of the queer people after class and be like, I see you. And we were like, I didn't even know I was out, but great. Um, but she was just like my favorite person because she was just so, um, uniquely herself and I, I miss her. Okay. So that's my person is Lisa Ortiz. That's beautiful. Um, well, listen, I can't wait to number one, continue to know you and number one, continue to cheer for you. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Cameron. Maximum Fun, a worker owned network of artists owned shows supported directly by you.